by Galinda Moser of Remax Living. Hello and welcome to Being Green. I'm Glynis Crook. Well, today is the final day of COP26, the United Nations Climate Conference, which is aimed at bringing climate change under control. At the talk, some 200 countries were asked for their plans to cut fossil fuel emissions by 2030 and to recommit to net zero fossil fuel emissions by 2050. The hope is to keep global warming below 2 degrees Celsius and to try to aim for 1.5 degrees Celsius in order to prevent a climate catastrophe. Well, I spoke yesterday to Dr. Christopher Trezos, Director of the Climate Risk Lab at UCT's African Climate and Development Initiative. Dr. Trezos, the final text is only going to be signed later, tomorrow on Friday, sorry, but we already have seen the draft version. Are you satisfied that there anything significant coming out of it? Hi, thanks for having me. Uh, yes, I think there are significant movements. It's been encouraging to see that some analyses of the collective pledges made so far suggest that they could limit global warming to below 2 degrees Celsius. But the devil's really in the details. A lot of those are the pledges around 2050, and it's been noted that many countries have not released a kind of pathway of actions to how to achieve that long-term promise. And so other analyses that have looked more closely at what have countries said they'll do in the next decade, when you look at that where the more kind of concrete actions that countries have listed out, then we're looking at global warming of still over 2 degrees Celsius, which would be really catastrophic for many people around the planet. So a long way still to go. I believe even that there was talk of asking countries to review things as early as next year. Yes, because a lot of the science says this decade is really critical for increased action on reducing emissions. There have been calls for countries, instead of every five years reviewing their pledges, to do that annually, for there to be this kind of annual ratchet mechanism to increase ambition. There have also been proposals that instead of coming back in 2025. So the COP happens annually, but there are mechanisms under which countries only renew their emissions pledges every, at the moment, the next due date for that is 2025. And so there's this annual mechanism being proposed, but also one for a 2023 uh, renewal of pledges. I think either one of those would be, would be really good because we do need increased ambition to keep us in a safe climate. So there are some positive in, in it. Uh, the devil's in the detail, as you said, and, and, and it's a long time until that um, late tonight or to Friday night when that um, text will be probably made public. But what have been some of the significant sticking points? I think climate finance has been one definitely that we've seen being a, a significant sticking point at this COP as at previous COPs. Rich countries have made pledges since around 2009 that they would be delivering $100 billion in climate finance. By 2020, they've missed that target by about $20 billion. Um, And significantly for many African countries, um, there was a pledge for climate finance to be more or less evenly split between mitigation, which is actions to reduce greenhouse gases, and adaptation, which is actions such as increased water security and changing agricultural technologies and changing urban infrastructure to be more resilient to the climate change we're already observing and much less has gone to adaptation and there's been a real 
difficult conversation and how much progress will be made. I'm not sure about that adaptation financing. That continues to be a really tough tough one for negotiators. And I know that was a huge issue for African countries, but also other developing countries across the world going into COP26. In terms of South Africa, Barbara Creasy, apparently our forestry, fisheries and environment minister, said we wouldn't be signing this sort of sideline pledge to move away from coal. What's confusing for me here is that our government seems to be sending very mixed messages about coal. Yeah, I think that's correct. There was the major announcement, which was really positive, of $8.5 billion secured to help South Africa transition off coal. I, I think that in order to stay in a safe climate, there isn't a strong future for coal in our energy mix. And that is a very positive uh, move, that financing. And it does seem contradictory that there are also then messages out of the South African government that there is a future for coal. I think the nuance in some of what the minister is saying there is a lot of the big pledges around reduced deforestation and moving away from coal that we heard in the first week of the COP last week are pledges that are being made outside the formal negotiating channels because they're, they're ones that not every country is agreeing to. And so what I think the minister is pointing to there is South Africa trying to hold the line and say, we'll only sign on to things that all of the 196 countries involved in the main negotiations put out as the decision of the COP, as opposed to side pledges that you've heard from the United States or the UK government and various other governments. Because many of those can be greenwashing. You can make large pledges um, that then don't necessarily come into action because they're not being monitored as part of the COP official negotiation process. So basically we have to hold our breath to see by late Friday night how much this um, draft text has been watered down briefly. Yes, yes. But I think separately on coal, um, there is a lot of, of good reason for South Africa to, to move away from coal and accept financing assistance for making that a just transition so that jobs that are currently in the coal sector, people can be retrained, there's a lot of um, renewable energy that's coming on that is much cheaper than fossil fuel-based electricity generation. And given the current electricity crisis in South Africa, I think we have to be looking to renewables as part of our short-term energy future. Thanks there to Dr. Christopher Trezos, Director of the Climate Risk Lab at UCT's African Climate and Development Initiative. And that brings us to the end of this week's edition of Being Green from Eaglin and Scrub. Till next time, goodbye. Being Green was brought to you by Galinda Moser of Remax Living. Ask not what your community can do for you. Ask what you can do for your community. At Remax Living Real Estate, our ethos is built on giving back. From sponsoring music broadcasts to FMR's Being Green, our focus is on making your world more harmonious and our planet more sustainable. So when it comes to choosing a real estate partner, don't go for anything less than people who are maximum givers. Galinda Moser from Remax Living Real Estate. FMR.